God, I love it when a plan comes together or falls apart at the very last minute and we are left with nothing to do but improvise. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris and tonight we have got another Mike versus Chris one-on-one matchup out of necessity, I think we call it. (laughs) Out of necessity, um, first and foremost, uh, we want to send our well wishes over to our good friend, uh, Stephen, my friend. Uh, we're not going to get into details here, but please get feeling better soon. Get, you, get your ass back on the show. But we had different plans tonight. We were supposed to be recording. Mike, tell everyone what we were supposed to be doing tonight. Well, we were, the original plan was that we were going to be recording a commentary track for the cinematic masterpiece you all know and love called Batman and Robin. So bad. <laughs> I have not seen it since it came out in, in theaters, and I saw it in theaters. Uh, and I remember it for its badness, but I was still uh, a teenager at that point, so I can only imagine how much worse I will find it uh, oh, with the pe- given the passage of time and adult perspective. Uh, but that actually does dovetail into... I had selected a uh, special beer specifically for the occasion because... Uh, I was actually gifted this beer by a friend of mine about a week ago, right around when Chris and I were first talking about this. And I bookmarked this beer for Batman and Robin because it was so perfect because it is called, and I kid you not, Combat Spandex. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could not have made that, like literally got this beer as as a gift uh, from a friend of mine. A day later, Chris is like, hey, you want to record a commentary track for Batman and Robin? And I was like, yes, I do. And I have the beer for it. That's awesome. This oh, is a, man. So this is a, this is from Hoofhearted Brewing, which is, I should really look this stuff up beforehand, uh, out of North Haven, Connecticut. It is a sour triple India pale ale with mango, kiwi, vanilla, and milk sugar added. So not a huge sours fan. I like some sours. Not a big IPA fan. That sounds delicious. I'm not usually a big sour fan either. Alan is actually really working on me to try and get me more into sours. Several of my friends have just told me uh, that I just need to drink better sours. And so far, they've actually been proven right. This is actually very good. It's very refreshing. It goes down very easy, which is dangerous because it also happens to be 11.4% alcohol by volume. Oh, this is gonna be. And that's not a small can either. That's a good. That's a. That's a sixteen. It ounce is. It's a pint can. Yeah. Pint can. Okay. How, I don't. Yep. How many? How many ounces are in a pint? I don't even know. Uh, sixteen. Boom. I be, I believe sixteen. Yeah. So my my liquor has not gotten to me yet, ladies and gentlemen. I have got a bottle here. Um, I actually like this bottle a lot. I've never actually mixed it, so I'm mixing it tonight. This is a private barrel selection here from Sunshine Liquors in Palm Harbor, Florida. This is the George Dickel Sour Mash Nine-Year Private Barrel. Um, Dickel, if you're a whiskey fan, is a unique-tasting whiskey. I am actually a pretty big fan of this. I actually like Sour Mash. Uh, The couple of Sour Mashes I've had have been great, and this Dickel is no exception. But I am mixing it tonight because we don't know how long we're going to be here with a little bit of Diet Coke. Ooh, emphasis on a little bit. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna spare you like in my head as you're talking about sour mash. I started singing it to the tune of Monster Mash, but I'm gonna spare. <laughs> I'm gonna spare everybody my actual singing, but I'm just gonna plant that little nugget in everybody's head. Oh my <laughs> lord! So Mike and I have called an audible because we want to record that episode with Stephen. Uh, 
Definitely. It, it just seems like the perfect thing right up Steven's alley. So once he's back, we'll get that episode recorded. So instead, Mike and I are, are trivia fans, and we have grabbed a box, or two boxes really, because you know Alabama and Florida aren't that close. Two boxes of Trivial Pursuit Genus Edition cards. And we are going to play trivia one-on-one. And the categories are as follows. Geography. Entertainment. History. Arts and literature. Science and nature. And sports and leisure. And the Genus Edition, Mike, all these questions, they came out, I think both these versions are before we were both born, right? I mean, th- what I have is the original genus. Uh, it's fu- I played it so much growing up, the board is actually falling apart, but I still have have the whole thing. And uh, the original genus came out in 1981, which happens to be the year I was born. So, yes, all of these things that are covered on these cards predate us. Yeah, mine's actually the same version, uh, the really old box. It's been in my parents' attic for a long yep. time. Um, and I don't think I've ever actually played this version of it before. I play a lot of the pop culture. Uh, yeah, that's definitely more my speed, but we're going to play genus edition and I'm ready to get my ass kicked by Mike. So the way this is going to work is we're going to play uh, the first one to complete two answers to each category. We will go back and forth asking each other questions. Once you get two in a category that is considered closed and then we will go to the next category. Mike has got his pie holder right there. I am instead oh. using a pad. Oh, 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 oh. He has a pie holder for me as well. No, no, I've got two for myself because we have to each answer two questions correctly. Oh, here I thought you were being chivalrous. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they, my, my, Nikki, Nikki's laughing, and she's not even she's not even in the state right now, and she's laughing just cosmically at the mere thought of that. I'm sure. <laughs> well, she's in my state. I think she's like a half hour away from me, right? Uh, that is that is probably true. Yeah. All right, Mike. So this is we're in a little bit of a weird spot here because the last couple times we've played one on one, I have won. I'm counting the the one on one game with Sarah. Because was okay, one-on-one that's fair. One. Um, but historically, you are up four wins to one against me in one on one games. Correct. But I have the most recent win. You do. So, but I have played the genus edition somewhat extensively at least in my past and you've said you've never played it before so correct gonna, i think i think you i think you should get first uh, i will first i will choice. take first i will take first dibs then so All i'm right. a little nervous because i consider myself pretty decent in geography um and this is going to make me sound dumb as hell so a uh, couple things to bear in mind uh the Soviet Union still existed yep. at this particular point in time, and Germany was split, and a lot of other countries, uh, Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, uh, Czechoslovakia et cetera, those were, those were countries that were still ex- yeah. in existence at, at the time. So uh, many of these questions may be outdated. Uh, I'll try and flag them if they are. but Oh, no, I think it's part of the fun of it, personally. Don't flag okay. them. Yep. Let's That's just go cool. with where the question is. It's going to be more fun that way. Okay, Mike. Um, All right, Chris, I have your card. I am going to start with geography. And you're probably going to start with the correct answer. What is the former name of Cape Canaveral? Oh, my God. I, I don't know. Uh, I live in Florida, for God's sake. 
Have you ever been over there? Uh, not in a long, long, long time. Um, I think I went there when I was like 13 to visit the area. Now that I think about it, they may be bullshit. I may never have actually been there. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So what would, so I'm trying to think of names around Florida that I've heard of that would make sense. The only thing I can get to is that Canaveral sounds like Carnival and Barnum and Bailey's is here. <laughs> there can't be any logical inference there, but uh, Ponce de Leon was big for Florida. I'm going to say it was Port de Leon. Huh. Uh, that's a guess. That's not a right <laughs> guess. Who, uh, who would you say in terms of famous figures in American history would be most closely associated with America's space program who is not an astronaut? Probably Kennedy. Kate Kennedy is your answer. Ah, I've honestly never heard that. Okay. Mike, which category do you want? I am going to start with arts and literature. And you were definitely starting with the correct answer because even I know this one. Mike, what letter was the scarlet letter? <laughs> nice. It was a big, bright red letter A. Or adultery. It was a letter A. Nicely done. Pie piece. Now, are we doing like in Trivial Pursuit where you get to keep going until you get an incorrect answer? Sure. <laughs> I was kidding, but I'm happy to play that way if you want. Yeah, that's how the game is played. Let's do it. What do you want next? Right. Um, I almost feel like I should be rolling the dice or something. Uh, actually, in fact, I have a die here. That's what I'm going to do. That is exactly what I'm going to do, because we're improvising. And, of course, I rolled a one, which means geography. Okay, this one is actually very gettable as well. Mike, what South American body of water is known as the Lake of the Clouds? Uh, the first one that sprang into my head, but it's mostly because of the Animaniacs, is Lake Titicaca. Uh, but given its location, it probably would be pretty high up in uh, at a pretty high elevation. Uh, I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of what the. I'm trying to think of what the Spanish word for cloud is. Uh, I'm not. Uh, it's titty. I, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know that I'm going to be able to come up with that at all. Uh, and that's the lake that I can name in South America. And I think it at least would be a fairly high elevation. So I will say Lake Titicaca. Lake Titicaca is a correct answer. I'm in an early hole here, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! Oh, man. <laughs> all right, Mike, what are you going with next? Roll your uh, dice. Let's see what the die has to say. The die has been cast, and the answer is history. Who described Fidel Castro as the sexiest man I ever met? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a great question. I, I love that this is a thing, but I have no idea. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like I feel like it would probably be a comedian of some kind, but I don't know who... That would be, um, yeah. Well, I, I, so I, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and actually look, think about historical figures. Would it be like maybe somebody, um, you know, somebody who was uh, the leader of the Soviet Union, maybe like a Khrushchev or somebody like that? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, it's probably not. It's probably not Khrushchev. Um, I was just thinking like. Cause I can't picture Khrushchev saying that I was just 
trying to think. Um, uh, gosh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like a comedian around that, that era who would have actually met Fidel Castro. <laughs> I guess they don't know that doesn't necessarily, if it was just a joke, it wouldn't necessarily be required, but, um, I'm just, I don't know. I'll say like, uh, I'll say Mel Brooks. I have no idea. Mike's gone with Mel Brooks. And that is unfortunately an incorrect answer. Mike. If I had told you it was the wife and mother of famous Canadian politicians, would that have helped at all? Uh, no. <laughs> she is one, I think, the only woman, if I'm not mistaken, that could be claimed as both the wife of a prime minister of Canada and the mother of a prime minister of Canada. It's Margaret Trudeau. Oh. Oh. And I can okay. sound really smart by saying that because I just looked it up. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to be, I was, well, I was very impressed. You should have just uh, let that one out, hang out there. Uh, no, I did that once in college and got arrested, so we're not going to do that again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm up. You know what? I once bitten twice shy. Um, the two geography questions have been gettable, so, oh, you're laughing. You're laughing. That's not a good sign. Geography, damn it, geography. Uh. I think that I think this dovetails actually with the trivia question that I asked on a episode that I hosted. So it definitely might be gettable for you. What U.S. state's biggest lake is Lake Sam Rayburn? Can you spell Sam, Sam S-A-M or S-A-N? S-A-M, like Mike. Sierra Alpha Mike Rayburn. Correct. That name sounds so familiar and I'm trying to place it with a state. And what's bothering me is that it's bringing me to Minnesota. A land of a thousand lakes, right? There's, there's a few cities. It's not Florida. It's not Utah. I can knock those off. It's not going to be anything, I'm assuming, that touches a Great Lake. So the Northeast, that part's out. I think why I'm going to Minnesota is because you asked that question. There was a question you asked about the one state that... That one... that one, Oh, who was it? That, the, one, the one guy carried. Was it Mondale? The one that Mondale carried. I'm going to go Minnesota. I don't have a better guess, and I can logically tie it somewhere to the game that you wrote. So, Minnesota. Uh, nope. Min uh, Minnesota's a good good guess. It does have a lot of lakes. Um, the question that I had asked uh, was about uh, different... It, it featured different people who had held the title of Speaker of the House, and Sam Rayburn was the one who, has held it for, who held it for the longest time, but not consecutively. And I referred to him as Texas's Sam Rayburn in the question. So the answer is Texas. Ah, okay. That's fair. Literal, literally, the only reason I knew that is because I had written that question. <laughs> Could not name another lake in Texas. I lived in Texas, and I can name Clear Lake because I used to live by Clear Lake, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, and apparently, I actually looked it up on Wikipedia. It's now known as the Sam Rayburn Reservoir. Oh, rolled another three. Glutton for punishment. Let's go back to history. Mike, who was Richard Nixon's first chief of staff in the White House? First chief of staff. Ugh. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm going to um, the movie All the President's Men because I'm like trying. You know, they talk about all the different people that that got caught up in the uh, the Watergate scandal, and I, but I, I know, I remember a bunch of the names that were around that, but I don't remember what roles that they played in the Nixon administration. Uh, Haldeman was the one that popped into my head, 
I don't know whether he was chief of staff, but I know he was pretty high up in the administration around the time of Watergate. Um, damn it, this can't be vice president. I know that one. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll just say Haldeman. Haldeman is a correct answer. Oh, wow. Holy shit. I was right. <laughs> so, Mike, you have got a geography question, an arts and literature question, and a history question off the board. I have nothing. What are you going with next? Looks like we're heading back to geography. Mike, what World War II road ran from Lashio, Burma to Chongqing, China? Oh, oh gosh, this is this is this is one of those things. When you say it, I'm going to kick, want to kick myself in the butt. Ah, oh, I cannot believe I cannot pull it up. I feel like I know. I feel I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna know it as soon as you say it, and I cannot pull it up right now. It was from Burma to China. Correct. And if you want the cities again, I'm happy to provide those. No, it's not gonna get me any further than that. Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't think it's. I don't know why. Like, opium trail popped into my head or something like that. I think that's something different. But I. I don't know what. Else, I don't know if I'm gonna get there. So I'll say. I'll say the opium road, opium trail. Mike is going with the opium trail. Uh, unfortunately, not a correct answer. You're going to kick yourself when you hear it. I, I know I am. The road is called the Burma Road. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> all right. What's funny about that is not at all what I was thinking, but damn. <laughs> That's like space launch system all over again. <laughs> Just guess something super obvious and see. So. Is that what you were thinking of? What's that? Were you thinking of like the Silk Road? I was thinking of the Silk Road. That's exactly what I was thinking of. But that's a completely different thing. It is. I think. And the Opium Wars was, was, was Britain, China, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But no, uh, speaking of just like obvious Trivial Pursuit answers, a funny, funny little side story real quick. Uh, and if this question comes up, Chris, on, on the extreme off chance, I'll give it to you for free. Um, <laughs> we we used to we used to have family games of Trivial Pursuit. Yes, that tells you a lot about me. Um, and uh, my uncle was up one time, and we were playing. He was on the other team. We were playing against them, and the question that came up was, uh, "What was Howdy Doody's brother's name?" This was in the entertainment category, and they talked about it like they were looking at each other like we have no clue. And my uncle just goes, "I don't know, Double Duty." <laughs> so in the, yeah in the in the just use a, a, a ridiculous obvious answer sometimes it pans out because yeah that was and that was for a pie piece too that was yeah <laughs> anyway christopher it is your turn yeah i'm not having any luck there but i'm also scared to go to any other category um um let's go science and uh no sports and leisure Sports and leisure, I'm going to be better at. I'm not going to get it right, but what the hell? I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because this was absolutely a geography question that you would have gotten. But that's Are you okay. You said a sports card every time? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how we're playing this. Okay. I'm not going to keep asking the same questions of the same card then. Oh, I mean, you can do whatever, but it's, you know, I don't think it really matters. But, um, well, can you use that card for next time when it's just geography? <laughs> I mean, you, I, you know, I've been putting them away every time, but yeah. Uh, so sports and leisure. 
what sport is central to Hemingway's death in the afternoon? Oh, it's bullfighting. I'm pretty sure that came up on the pub trivia experience uh, in an earlier episode. It did. It I wrote absolutely... that question. What's that? Yeah, I was, th- I was thinking you wrote the question. It is, in fact, bullfighting. You have just taken your first step into a larger world. And I will go back to sports and leisure. Trying to complete it. Okay. All right. And again, bearing in mind that this is only through 1981, it is very possible this is no longer the case. I couldn't tell you. What is the only host country not to win gold at its own Summer Olympics? As in it never won a gold medal like throughout the entirety of the Summer Olympics. Just at at the one that it hosted well, is yeah, the way it, that I interpret that question. Okay, uh, I'm trying. I'm terrible at Olympics, especially like anything. No, me too. Pre like 1988, I'm gonna be terrible at. Uh, I'm trying to think of countries that I think of hosted. So I know Russia hosted it, but Russia it wouldn't be Russia. It's not going to be a big, it's going to be a small, it's not going to be necessarily a smaller country, but it's going to be, I would assume, a slightly less developed country. Is that terrible to say? Uh, Lord. Okay, so let's, let's eliminate places. Let's get out of, let's get out. It's not going to be in Africa. I don't think, unless it's like Japan, I want to get out of Asia. Japan's the only one that could kind of be there. Western Europe, I could see it being like France. I could see it being like Paris. Uh, you said it's the Summer Olympics? Summer right. Olympics. So let's get out of Scandinavia. I don't think it's going to be Britain. <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's going to be Germany. If there's a country over there, it's going to be France or Spain would be my best guess. So I've got Japan, France, France Spain, Mexico is sticking out in my head. This could be very, very modern, but I don't think it's going to be like Brazil. It's not going to be the U.S. I don't imagine Canada hosting the Summer Olympics. What did Australia hosted a couple? Actually, hold on. Australia hosted more than one. They hosted Sydney, but I thought Melbourne hosted one as well a while ago. And that's more logic than I have to... Any of my other answers, because at least I know they hosted one prior to me being born. I'm going to say Australia. Okay, Australia, good guess. Uh, Incorrect, though. The country that I looked it up, the country that is in question here, actually hosted the 1976 Summer Olympics, so it was fairly recent when this card was written. Um, It was a country that you mentioned. It was a country that you rejected because it was the Summer Olympics, and I was very surprised they had ever hosted a Summer Olympics. The 1976 Summer Olympics were held in Montreal, and Canada did not win gold. Oh, Lord. Okay. That's actually a really good question. Yeah, I love that. I love that fact. It is actually uh, the only Summer Olympics that has ever been hosted in Canada. They've hosted a couple winter, obviously. Okay, Mike. What are you going All righty, let's see. We are at Arts and Leisure. Arts, did I say Arts and Leisure? Arts and Literature. Who's the editor slash publisher of VIP and We magazines? We is O U I. What was the first one? 
Who is the editor slash publisher of VIP and We magazines? I'm assuming OUI is We. Yes, it's We. 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 We is We. Um, I guess they're looking for a person. Uh, so it's not like a um, company. Um, yes, it's an actual person's name, proper name. Uh, given that it, okay, so it's, I'm assuming France, uh, given We Magazine. Um, I don't, I, the, my mind immediately went to Coco Chanel, so that's what I'm going to guess. Mike's gone with Coco Chanel. Uh, Mike, would it help you to know that We Magazine is in a men's adult pornographic magazine? Nah. Okay. Um, featuring explicit nude photographs of models with full-page pinups, centerfolds, interviews, and other articles and cartoons. Does that sound like anything so is it, you know? Is it Hugh Hefner? It was Hugh Hefner. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I have one pie. Mike has three. Let's go with um. Oh God, uh, you know what? Sports and leisure. I I got one, and the other one was gettable. So I'm going back to sports and leisure. Okay, Chris, uh, this is gettable. <laughs> what was the first lifesaver flavor? So we're going with the leisure portion of sports and leisure. Clearly. Okay, so I'm trying to think of, like, so Lifesavers is old. So I'm trying to think of, like, what were the major flavors of things a while ago? So there was banana, but that was the filling for Twinkies. It's not banana. I feel like it's going to be a sour flavor. I feel like it's going to be lemon or lime. Um, I just, in my head, think those are earlier. And what's driving me crazy is I think there is a light green lifesaver. I don't know if there being a yellow lifesaver. I'm going to go lime. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Lime extract may not have been easy to get. Like lemon, I know there's a lot of lemon trees in the U.S. I don't know how many lime trees there are in the U.S. You're laughing at me. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I am just I'm sitting here just quietly contemplating what you're saying and nodding along. Um well no, so like lime is the one that sticks out of my head, but logic dictates to me there's more lemon trees in the US than lime trees, so maybe it's lemon. But I'm going with my first instinct, I'm going lime. And Chris is going with lime. Um I think yeah, you you're you you are thinking of lifesavers as more of a fruit. Uh, based thing. I tend to think of Lifesavers as more of a mint-based thing. Uh, that they also have fruit flavors, mostly because I eat, I eat a lot of wintergreen Lifesavers. Or uh, in this particular case, I also enjoy a lot of peppermint Lifesavers. Uh, the answer is peppermint. See, my my mother-in-law buys us every year for Christmas these Lifesavers little boxes, and it's always the fruit flavor because what my wife grew up on. I so got gotcha. you. My head went right. To, I I don't even. I don't even. Yeah, I drink. I eat ice breakers when I'm eating a mint. I don't have lifesavers. That's I, actually damn. I didn't even think about that. All right. I know. I I actually am the same now. But like my my dad loved wintergreen lifesavers. Like he would always have them around. So that's that's kind of what I what I grew up on. All right, my turn. Uh, roll the four again. Let's uh, stick with arts and literature then. Arts and literature. 
And here's where you get your second piece of pie. <laughs> Mike, what high school does Archie attend? <laughs> Freaking kidding yeah, me. That, well, this is this would have been a lot harder back before there was a very popular television show bearing this name, but I believe the answer is Riverdale. It is Riverdale. Mike picks up his first piece of pie. Chris, if it helps, if you'd gone to arts and literature on the last card, the question was, what does the beast become in Beauty and the Beast? Is the answer a man? Or do I have to give a proper name? A prince, but yeah. Okay. But it's it's just it just made me laugh because it was like, oh yes, this was before like the Oh yeah. You know, the incredibly popular Disney movie. So and honestly, even before the television show, so it was a little more of a of an obscurity back. Oh yeah. god, I can't the believe Archie I'm gonna was, say this. Forty been, years ago. Yeah. Oh my god, it's been that long. Oh my god, I'm almost forty. Oh god, we're not having this conversation right now. Uh Mike, which one are you going with next? Looks like we're heading back to geography. Mike, what ocean surrounds the Pitcairn Island? I've got a one in four shot because that was back when there were still only four oceans and they weren't doing this north-south like crap. Um, I think they consider there being five oceans now and I'm still not entirely clear what the fifth one is. I'm pretty sure it's not the Arctic Ocean. So uh, that leaves us with Pacific, Atlantic, or Indian. Uh, and I am going to say Atlantic. Mike went with Atlantic, and unfortunately, that is not a correct answer. It's it actually Indian? it's in the Pacific Ocean. Oh, really? Okay. It was a British colony uh, in the Pacific Ocean, and I thought I remember it having something to do with World War II, but it's not showing up anywhere. I knew it was a British colony. I, I don't remember why I knew that, but that was actually why I went more towards Atlantic, because it was just closer to Britain. But they got they got around, so. I want to see where it is exactly. Oh, nope. It has nothing to do with the World War II at all. It's out literally out in the middle of the uh, Atlantic Ocean. South Atlantic, it's in between... Wait, it's in the Atlantic? No, Pacific. I mean, it's west of Chile. It's in between Chile oh. and Australia. Hmm. Okay. Not where I thought it was at all. <laughs> all right, Mike, I am going to go arts and literature. Arts and literature. Oof. You did not, because I don't know this one. Maybe you will. Who wrote Writers of the Purple Sage? R-I-D-E-R-S. R-I-D-E-R-S. Yeah, this is a Jeopardy question. I have no idea. So let's go with, let's see, Writers of the Purple Sage sounds late 1800s, early 1900s. Who was around back then? Um, it sounds post-Twain. You know what? Let's go with F. Scott Fitzgerald. Why not? And Chris says F. Scott Fitzgerald. Unfortunately, that is an incorrect answer. Writers of the Purple Sage was actually first published in 1912. Oh, I was right there. Yeah, so you were right. You had the, you had the exact. I had originally um, went to Steinbeck, but I didn't think. I'm pretty sure I know most of what Steinbeck wrote. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Most of, I don't know if most of his are famous, but he has some of his well-known ones. The correct answer was Zane Gray. Yeah, no chance. No chance. I I had no idea. So, uh, so I'm not even going to roll. I'm just going to request science and nature because we haven't done a single science and nature question yet. All right, Mike. Here you go. How many land miles are there in a league? For Pete's sake! 
you're the one that well, no, I'm the one that wanted the genus edition. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, when I think of a league, and in a non-sports context, I think of twenty thousand leagues under the sea, which you can't. I mean, there's no way. Like, so I'm just gonna say one. So Micah said one. Um, I think it would be a drastically different title of the book if it was 60,000 miles under the sea. The correct answer is three. Three. Okay. Fair enough. Good guess, though. Good guess. There's no, yeah, there's no way to logic to it. There's no hint. There's no hint in these questions. So it's. No, not, not at all. Drastically it's, it's, it's different you know than what you trivia. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Right, as Micah found out why I don't go to the uh, science and nature section, I am going to yeah. go. Let's go back to sports and leisure. Why not? Sports and leisure. What sport has a competition for bulldoggers? I don't even understand the question. Like, is it like, um, I have clarified. I'd love to questions. be able to clarify, but you'd have to give me a few minutes of Googling. <laughs> I have no idea. That's the question. <laughs> Can you repeat the question? Sure. What sport has a competition for bulldoggers? Is bulldoggers one word or two? Bulldoggers is one word. So what's throwing me off is the word competition for. So like baseball doesn't have a competition for bull for anything. Like you you have a you're playing a game. And so when I think of sports, I think of like games. So I'm trying to think of quote unquote sports that may not be sports but may have like other pieces to it. Like like billiards, you have like eight ball and nine ball, but I don't count billiards as a sport. And he specifically said sport. A competition for bulldoggers. Okay. Um, that sounds uniquely Western European. Like dog shows aren't a sport, but it's also one word, not two. Uh, billiards and darts are the ones that are coming back coming to me because like it's like a competition for oh, technically golf has like long drive competitions as well no 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 i'm I'm, st- I'm sticking with my bar sports here i'm a bar guy uh <laughs> i'm gonna say darts and chris has guessed darts unfortunately that's an incorrect answer Did when i, I list googled the correct answer when i googled the no you did <laughs> when i googled the uh the uh term bulldogger the first thing that came up on uh, was the Wikipedia entry for steer wrestling. Steer wrestling, also known as bulldogging, is a rodeo event in which a horse-mounted rider oh, chases a sense. steer. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm trying to. I yep. was trying to think of like what sport has like multiple like events in it. And I'm thinking like right. darts has. I know it's got cricket and it's got. All right, that's fine. Nope, I I mean I never would have gotten there either, so. Ah, uh, where's my die? There we go. Oops, I rolled it all the way over there, but I rolled a five, which puts me right back at science and nature. All right, good luck with this one, Mike. What did Colonel Jacob Schick patent on November 6, 1928? Oh, um was the uh the razor, right? Safe the uh, I'll just say razor. I need you to be more specific. Safety razor? Incorrect. It was actually the electric shaver. Ah. I had actually, I, I knew the name. I knew the name, but yeah, I knew it had something to do with shaving. Okay. 
And I, ju- I just realized there's actually another category we haven't even done yet, which is actually amazing when you think about it. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Let's go entertainment. Yeah. Because it's it's pre-1980s right, entertainment, so you know I'm going to be terrible at this. Exactly. That's that's the crazy thing. It's just like as, as generally good as we are at pop culture, like this is all pre-us being born pop culture, which <laughs> turns into a totally different thing. Um. And yeah, this is uh, no different. Um, Chris, your entertainment question is, what song propelled Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass to fame? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Is that your final answer? I I couldn't wager a guess. Like, I could not wager a freaking guess. Uh, Tequila Sunrise, Tequila Mockingbird, pick one. They're all wrong. <laughs> They're all wrong. And the, but what's what's funny is this question actually dovetails with the previous question that you received. The answer is the Lonely Bull. <laughs> <laughs> never it heard did, it. Uh, it probably not going that. to look it up after the show. <laughs> it did not propel them that big a stardom because they're totally forgettable. You know, ninety years later, however long ago that came out. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, it's probably Big Bandera. Uh, actually, I'm going to do entertainment as well. Like, I love big band music. I, I, I've gone to see, I didn't see Cab Cali, hmm. but I saw his daughter perform with the Cab Cali band. I love big band music. I have never heard oh, that, I do too, that but, band. But there's so many things that were huge during the big band era that just haven't stood the test of time. All right, Mike, this is actually gettable for you. What Humphrey Bogart film poster is on the wall over Woody Allen's bed in Play It Again, Sam? Oh, um, if it's played against Sam, it's got to be Casablanca. It's not. It's across the Pacific. Oh, right. Right. I can't tell if you're pulling my chain or not. It's really, it I really am not isn't. pulling your train chain. It's across oh, the Pacific. Damn it. <laughs> right. Like that. Okay. Like, I read that. I'm like, oh, that's easy. And then I'm like, oh, no, right. it's not. Right. It's It's probably like, yeah. It's like designed to throw you off. Oh, well. I'm going back to sports and leisure. <laughs> Glutton for punishment here. This is a weird question, but you're going to get it. Last time I said that it was Cape Kennedy. Keep that in mind. Well, that's true. When is a baseball game never over until? Well, it's never over until it's over. Um, Are they looking? Are they asking for like a specific like until the 27th out is recorded till the well, no, because even then, it's not over. It's not over until a team finishes the game with a lead. Although, like, the, the quote is, it's not over till it's over. Are they looking for right. you to finish a quote? Like, It's, no, it's, you're right. It's not over till it's over. over. When it, but when is a baseball game over? When it's over. Um, what, what, what always ends a baseball game? Whether it's called short, that's it's a bad question. So, okay, or I don't like so, the way the question's written. What always in the baseball game, a winner and a loser, yeah, the umpire. Um, yeah, so like a baseball game, a walk off, a baseball game could be ended by a walk off, it could be ended by an out. Um, yeah, I, Chris, I'm gonna ask you a different question. Um, if you're if you're okay with that, because you're exactly right. It could be ended with a walk off, which invalidates the question because the answer is the final out. No, yeah, it could be. But ended that's with a not true. Home you're, run. 
Yeah, you're you're exactly right. So okay, uh, I'm just going to give you another question, or just give me the point. I mean, I, think I thought I about doing that question, too, but, but okay, I thought about doing that too. I mean, I can I can give you that if you want to, you know. No, I'm not going to cheat my way into losing to you. Let's let's lose hey. it with honor. <laughs> Where does a rabbit punch land in boxing? Oh God, it's um. I think the rabbit punches are the ribs. I think it's where they, they, they say, like, work the ribs, work the ribs. They're the short little little punches, like, because they're very small and powerful from your body. They're not up towards the head. I want to say, like, the torso or the ribs is my guess. Uh, according to this, the answer is the back of the head. Okay, no, I'm wrong. So, I mean, I I know nothing about boxing, so... In my head, I'm thinking it's like those little like body shots. Like you get in real close, you're just like like a little rabbit. That would that punching. would make sense, right? But, but nope. Okay. According the card, the card says the card says the moops, <laughs> the moors. Yeah. All right. What are we going so, with, Mike? I rolled the die three times because I didn't like what the first two gave me, and then the third one gave me the same thing. So clearly, it wants me to go science and nature yet again. And if I don't get this one, I'm going to tell the die to go. Tuck no, it's telling in. you this for a reason. Because it's a 50-50 question. Mike, what meat on a roasted turkey has more calories, white or dark? Oh, man. See, I feel like this is one of those questions where people are inclined to say dark, but it's actually white. Because that's kind of where my headset and i feel like i've heard something like that before so i'm gonna say white no it is dark meat ah damn it i I psyched myself out on that one okay okay um mike i need everything so go ahead and roll the dice for me now Ah. fair enough you get arts and literature (laughs) it worked so well for me last time where did peter peter pumpkin eater put his wife I have never actually heard this. I did not know he was married. I didn't buy him a gift. Um, <laughs> so little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, had a wife but couldn't feed her. Well, I actually have heard this before. I don't know what comes next. Yeah, right. Where did he put his wife? Um, a meat grinder. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I really don't know. Uh in my head, it's going to rhyme with eater. It's going to end in like eater of some sort. So I can't get the scene right. For some reason, the scene from Fargo with the wood chipper is in my head. I, I watched that <laughs> movie. I watched that movie earlier this week, and it's all is coming into my head right now. Is a freaking wood chipper from Fargo with freaking Francis McDonald. Like, oh my law. I can't <laughs> even do her accent. I don't know. It's going to rhyme with eater. It's going to be. Um, he left his wife at the theater. I don't know. Good rhyme. Not a correct answer, but nope. good rhyme. Uh, I I only knew that he had a wife and couldn't keep her. The last two lines of the nursery rhyme are apparently he put her in a pumpkin shell, and there he kept her very well. He so eats the answer pumpkins, is pumpkin though. shell. That's not a good idea. He's going to eat his wife. It's a bad idea, Peter. Bad Peter. Depends on how you mean. That's true. <laughs> you surprisingly have not earned the explicit tag yet so we'll get I, i've actually been watching myself and i don't know why like I, I keep catching myself and censoring myself i'll i'll get over it eventually i'm on beer number two and i just polished off 16 ounces of a 11.4 so 
And that's a nice looking Bud Light in your hand, Mike. It won't be long. <laughs> it's a Samuel Adams good, sir. Uh, we're, I'm going to stick with arts and literature because that's what the die tells me to say. All right, Mike, what Arthur Haley novel depicts the world of electric power production? I have no idea. Uh, electric Boogaloo. No clue. Uh, the book is called Overload. Ah, okay. I have never heard of it. Nope, me neither. All right, I'm going back to... You know what? Let's go back to geography. 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 What Rome ruin is inhabited by hundreds of cats? Uh, so I'm thinking at least somewhat moderately logically that like it's going to be a large area maybe that you can't keep the cats out of. So I'm going to say the Colosseum. And you may collect your pie piece, sir. It is, in fact, the Colosseum. Well done. Well done. Uh, that's my first. Feels like it's been an insanely answer, long time since you've had a correct answer. So thank you for breaking the streak. No pie. That's my first correct answer in geography. Oh, true. I'm going to go well, back I've been to geography, my, though. Like I said, I've been giving myself pie pieces for each one. I just have two of the little circle thingies. All right. Your question is, what country was originally known as Terra Australis Incognita? Terra Australis Incognita? Terra Australis Incognita. Can you spell the middle word there for me? Uh, sure. It's uh, A-U-S-T-R-A-L-I-S. So I'm torn. Um, you and Natalie Ambrulia. And Scott Stapp. And Scott Stapp. Oh, Lord. Um, there's two obvious answers. It's Austria or Australia. And Australis leads me to Australia. But the last part of that leads me, it sounds potentially latin which leads me back to europe um i'm still gonna go australia i have no other logical way to get there the answer we're looking for of course is australia all right there i can collect my pie now now you can collect your pie so you have finished geography i have finished arts and literature and i just realized i finished arts and literature and yet i had an arts and literature question last time i wasn't going to question it but go right ahead damn it that was stupid okay I was sport. just listening to the stupid die. I'm going to ignore the die. Fuck the die. There, there it is. There <laughs> it is. Sports <laughs> and leisure, please. Sports and leisure to finish a second pie, I believe, correct? Uh, if I get it right. If you get it right. Oh, for fucks. That's two already. Okay. Starting to kick in. <laughs> Your question. Does the giver receive the basketball back on a give and go play? Well, I mean, like... Generally speaking, yes. It's a, a pass, make a quick move, and go. So I'm going to say yes. We can speak generally. The answer is yes. We are now tied. All right. Um, let's go to history. Why not? I'll, I'll get a question wrong here, and then we can move on. This one's gettable. What does RCA stand for? Like the company RCA is what I'm thinking, thinking of. Um Radio or remote? I'm assuming radio. C could be... I'm not going to get there. I'm trying to think through this, and the bourbon's clogging my brain cells right now. Um, it happens. Like It's not radio control. This is 1980. It's not going to be that. But like radio and control are the two words that are coming to mind. It could also be remote, but even that doesn't make sense. Um, 
it's it's old, so it's got to be radio. Radio compounding radio. Radio something association. Radio and computer association. I'm trying to think of what other like older electronics that begin with C. Radio and condenser association. That makes no sense. Association doesn't make any sense either. Right? Um, yeah, radio and computer association. Lock it in. Radio and computer association. A good guess. Uh it's actually present day appears to be, according to my very brief uh, Google search, more like SAT, which is it used to stand for something and now it just stands for itself. Uh, but RCA Corporation, as it's called now, was originally founded as the Radio Corporation of America, RCA. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Never would have gotten there. I got radio right, though. I'm taking that. I'm going to go history as well. See if I can finish that one out. History. Seriously? Okay. <laughs> Who did Sarah Jane Moore try to assassinate? Uh, I'm assuming... Okay, so... I only, re- I only remember the other one, or maybe that was her real name, um, Squeaky Fromm who tried to assassinate Gerald Ford, but I'm pretty sure he had two attempted, two famous attempted assassinations. They were both women. So I'm going to say Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford is a correct answer. Whoop, whoop. I will take my pie piece. I uh, gave you your pie. You know what I have actually not done yet is sports and leisure. So I'm going to go with sports and leisure. Yeah, screw you, die. You know nothing. You're not the boss of me anymore. All right, Mike. What do you have to pick to win a daily double at the track? The winner and the runner-up, the fr- uh, the first place in place. Actually, a really good guess. That's what I would have guessed as well. It's actually the winners of the first and second race. Oh, oh, okay. That that also makes sense. <laughs> All right. You know what? I have got everything locked out. Um. Let's go back to history. Why not? History. Usually I have a card available. Here we go. What Saudi Arabian king was assassinated by his nephew in 1975? I don't know. It's not right, but I I don't know the royal family there at all. Uh, I should. I'm trying to... I feel like his it's name dropped in some pop songs. Uh, is he possibly one of the ones name dropped in We Didn't Start the Fire? Hold on, let me go through the lyrics there. <laughs> it's a good way to get there. It's the only thing I can think of. because that, that traces a lot of the major political events throughout the you know, 20th I, I century. I will tell you it is not Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, nor Johnny Ray. Every man of suicide is not. <laughs> oh lord I feel like his name might be in there I'm just trying to get through the song and I, I will remind you that this was not the event that po- pushed Billy Joel over the edge it was actually the Cola Wars the Cola Wars were what pushed Billy Joel <laughs> over the edge 
Sorry, I'm distracting you. I'm kidding. No, you're not. That's not not hurting or helping because I can't get the song in my head right now. I just can't. I can't get the lyrics in. Ayatollahs in Iran, Russians in Afghanistan. Um, I guess I'm going to go with the most popular last name in the world and go Mohammed. I think Mohammed is actually the la- most popular first name in the world. That's what I meant. Most popular last name in the world, I believe, is like uh, Chang or something like that. Yeah. It's up to you to determine how many Mohammed Changs there are in the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, my other guess would have been Riyadh, but it's not Riyadh. That's the name of a city, obviously. So go ahead. Right. Sorry. No, no. The, the correct answer is Faisal. Okay, he's not in that song. I feel no, pretty good it, about it, that. The name rings a vague bell, but a very vague bell, and not because of Billy Joel. So, unless he was an uptown girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea where that came from. Anyway, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to science. Science. Let's see. Mike, who invented the reflecting telescope? Oh, was it was it Galileo? I feel like it was Galileo. Or was it um or was it like Brahe? He's around that he was another astronomer. Um I think Galileo was the first one popping in. So I'm gonna say Galileo. Galileo Galilee. Uh, it's actually a really good answer. It is not a correct answer. It was Sir Isaac Newton. Oh, no shit. I did, did not know that. I okay. would not have thought it was that late, but okay. I, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. I think reflecting was probably the key word in that one. Yeah. All right. You know what? Um, let's go arts and leisure. Arts and literature. Yeah. Arts and literature. It has AL on there. Leave me alone. Oh no! I d- I did it before. I did it earlier too. So I be was happy. Glad I didn't, know that- be happy. I didn't say American League. That's true. Who wrote? Darkness was cheap, and Scrooge liked it. I'm assuming Dickens. Yeah, take your fucking. Yeah, correct. It's Dickens. You know why I know that is because my favorite Christmas movie of all time is a Mickey's Christmas Carol. Too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> That's a shout out. That that joke is for one person and one person only. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Steven shout out to here. shout out to Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. Let's go right back to arts and literature. <laughs> God fucking damn it! <laughs> really? I can't control your questions. You literally have a box next to you. I know, but it's, I, we're, variations on a theme. What's the last line of Dickens, A Christmas Carol? I've never actually read it. I, I, I have. It's been forever. I didn't know that. I didn't know the answer. I just knew that. I was just like, oh my gosh, it's another Christmas Carol version, really. So I, I remember something about Tiny Tim. I wouldn't know what a line would be, but I also don't feel like you'd end it with saying Tiny Tim. You'd end it back to you end it back with uh, Scrooge with is it Jacob Marley. I think is the ghost. Um, no, 
No, no, no, no, no, no, no. You don't end it there. You end it with Scrooge redeeming himself, right? You don't end it with the ghost. You end it with him changing his ways and proving that he can change his ways, not with the revelation that he needs to change. You need to end that on a high note, an inspirational note. Um, If you'd watch Mickey's Christmas Carol more often, maybe you'd know this. <laughs> I've seen it once or twice. Uh, I've definitely seen Scrooge more. Um, I actually don't think Mickey's Christmas Carol ends with this, so... Wouldn't help you at all. No. Uh, is there a chance he gets Tiny Tim's legs to work? I don't. <laughs> that's so so terrible to say. <laughs> that just sounded so bad. But like that, like so. This is this, here's the worst part. The absolute worst part of this is, I think the closest point of reference I have to what actually happens in this in the book. Is there is a Save by the Bell episode, a Christmas episode, where Zach is dating the the woman in a wheelchair, um, and I think they're putting on a Christmas Carol in like the mall that he's working at because AC Slater is wrapping gifts. I don't know what the answer is. I'm going to say it's Merry Christmas to all. But like the only point of reference I have is an episode of Save by the Bell that's stuck in my head from 25 freaking years ago. <laughs> that's a hell of a pull. Um. You're actually not as far off as you might think. Uh, I did throw you off. I totally knew the answer to this question. Um, so I apologize if that threw you off at all when I said I didn't. Uh, it did not. The answer they were looking for was just the last four words of the final sentence of the book. But I believe the final sentence of the book is, and so as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Oh, yeah. I would not have been able to put that to Christmas Carol. So you're not, don't feel bad about that. Uh, and... That that was also how I pointedly ended the um, boozy bracketology December uh, brackets was by saying that for that reason. Oh, you you remember me doing that? No, but we drink during those podcasts. We did drink during those podcasts. Uh, boozy bracketology, everybody. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I'll I think I'll do entertainment. Speaking of boozy bracketology. Entertainment, here it is. What sex have all TV lassies been? Missionary? I don't know. Um, wow. Ah, no, uh, no, obviously they'd be doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, because lassie is always, lassie here, boy, but I'm pretty sure, I think they were all female, so I'm going to say female. They were actually all male. Fucker. How how do I miss all of the 50-50 questions? Let's go to history. Let's go to history. What Asian leader was known as the Little Brown Saint? Oh, that sounds terrible. I, I don't write the questions. I just read them. I don't expect the 40-year-old game to, to necessarily be... Uh, PC in terms of modern parlance. Yeah, um, I don't know uh, because the 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 really bad clue there is leading me to Western Asia. Um, but the only leader I can think of that might have like that level of, I say grandeur, but like, oh lord, you did say leader, right? I did say leader. What Asian leader? I'm going to go Gandhi. Can you be more specific, please? I'm just fucking with you. It's Yes, it's Gandhi. Okay. I know you don't mean Indira Gandhi. <laughs> no, Mahatma Gandhi. 
Mahatma Gandhi. I know who you're looking. I know who you're saying. But like my head is going like further west than that, and then part of me is going, "No, it's Ho Chi Minh." But I'm like, "No, Saint. Oh, it can't be Ho Chi Minh." Okay, I'll right. take it. Is that my first one in history? I'll take. I it. believe so. It yes, is. but it I is. believe in terms of overall, that puts you ahead of me. So you have six answered questions overall, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I only have five. So okay, let's um, let's go to science and nature. What is the most intelligent subhuman primate? Okay, so the only reason I'm going with this is I'm a big Bruce Campbell fan. And in the movie Congo, he goes to the Congo to train gorillas. and he, Not to train, but he's going there to look for gorillas. And there's a gorilla in the movie. I'm going with gorilla. And gorilla is an incorrect answer. Ah, I'm sorry. Bruce Campbell. I'm sorry. I'm coming it's for ch- you. It's ch- ch- chimpanzee. Okay. Chimpanzee. Ah, uh, all right, Mike, what are we going with? Oh, man, that is a great question. I think I'm going to go with sports and leisure. What are the golden nugget, horseshoe, lucky strike and jackpot? Um, I don't know. Lottery tickets, lottery games. That is not the answer they have here, but that actually may still be a correct answer. I can Google it. The correct answer on the card is Las Vegas casinos, but I think only one of those is actually still around. Ah, well, that's that's okay. It's the correct answer on the card. So, and I doubt all of those are lottery ticket lottery games. That's a good point. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't 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 worry. Oh, about no, it. we don't said at the beginning that. of this game that we're going with what the card says, right? I, I, exactly. Except then, when I said the baseball one, I was you know given some leeway. You know, I'm actually going to go with a different one. Because that's not necessarily a fair question. Uh, up to you. Who did Muhammad Ali beat to become the first? Sorry. Who did Muhammad Ali beat to become world heavyweight champion for the first time? Oh, man. Oh, shoot. Who did he beat that first time? That very first time. Oh, my gosh. That is the question. Yeah. My brain immediately goes to goes to down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Uh, so that's what I'm going to say. I'll say Joe Frazier. Uh, very, very good guess. He actually beat Sonny Liston, though. Oh, I did know that. Now that you say it, yep. I, I should have known that. You're absolutely right. Yep. All right. Um, I need one more in history, one more arts and leisure. I need two in entertainment and two in science and nature. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go to arts and literature. Why not? Okay. <laughs> which which hand does God give life to Adam with on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel? Okay, so they're both kind of stretching out, and I feel like God has like his right hand clenched and his left hand extended, so I'm going to say his left. I think he's reaching, or is he reaching down? Well, it means a chapel. It, it's 50-50, and I don't have a way of logic to get there. I think I feel like it's a left. I feel like he's reaching out with his left hand to touch Adam, so I'm going left. I actually had the same image in my head, but the correct answer is right. Is Adam reaching up and then God reaching down with his right? I think that's what I think that's exactly what it is. That yeah. Makes sense. I, I think I have him reversed in my head. But yeah, I think it's I think that's how it is. Um well heck darn. Uh nothing's been given me a whole lot of love uh, recently. I- I'm going to stick with sports and leisure. I feel like I've got to have I've got to have a- one in there at some point. All right, here's your sports and leisure question: What provides the power in a soapbox derby? 
Isn't it just gravity? Well, you had the Isaac Newton question earlier. Yeah, I'm saying gravity. It's gravity. Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize that you didn't take that as my answer when I said it. That was what I was going with. Yep. Yeah. Well, Woohoo. You, okay. you kind of you said, is it gravity? I was like, ah, I need you to give me a specific answer. You're, no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, all right. So the two that I have not gotten any on are entertainment and science and nature. Uh, I'm going to go to entertainment. Entertainment. What film featured Bogey as Dobsey? Good God. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I've actually seen a, a decent number of, of Humphrey Bogart movies, uh, but very few in which I actually remember what his character's name was. Uh, I've narrowed it down. I think, like, in terms of guessing, I'm either going to go African Queen or Key Largo. I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go Key Largo. Unfortunately, that is an incorrect answer. The correct answer is Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, sh- I didn't even think about Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay. And I think there's our second Humphrey Bogart. No, no, because the other answer wasn't Casablanca. Never mind. Yeah, but it was, uh, it was a Humphrey Bogart movie in the background. Yep. Okay, so we're going... Let's go... Let's go history. Why not? Want to wish you good luck? We're all counting on you. <laughs> Great. Who preceded Abraham Beam as mayor of New York City? So I have no idea when Abraham Beam was. So I'm trying to think of famous mayors of New York City. Um, and I know at the dedication of, I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge, there were two presidents there, one current and one uh, future president. And I think it was Cleveland and Arthur. Um, I think Arthur was in New York politics at the time. Hold on. Do I have that backwards? Hold on. Let me think. Jackson, Van Buren, Harrison, Tyler, Polk, Taylor, Fillmore, Pierce, Buchanan, Lincoln, Johnson, Grant, Hayes, Garfield, Arthur, Cleveland, Harrison, Cleveland, McKinley, Roosevelt. No. Maybe I have that backward. Maybe it's Grover Cleveland. I'll go Cleveland. Uh, no legitimate guess. Um, Beam was actually much later. He would have been relatively contemporary when this question was written. He was actually the mayor, 104th mayor of New York City. He was in office from 1974 till 1977. He was succeeded by Ed Koch, but he was preceded by John Lindsay. Yeah, none of those words or names mean anything to me. I've at least heard of Ed Koch. That's why I threw that in there. But was hold on. Was Cleveland? Was he in the New York? Yes, uh, I believe he was. I thought he was. Hold on, I need to look this up. This is going to bother me. I'm looking it up. I got it right now. I got political you. career in New York, right there. Sheriff of Erie County, Mayor of Buffalo, Governor of New York. That's what it was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was governor, and uh, so was Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, so I think Arthur must have been president at the time, and he would have been at the dedication of the Brooklyn Bridge. Correct. I, I believe it generally goes: Arthur was president, and he was there, and then Cleveland was also there as governor of New York, yep. and like Teddy Roosevelt was there as like age six. <laughs> <laughs> was, was I think is how I think is how that whole thing goes. But okay, maybe there were three there. I, I okay. 
I'm okay. I with could that. I could be completely wrong. I thought it was it was attended by a sitting president and two future presidents. That's I could be completely wrong. Don't quote me on that. Uh, oh, why am I going back to the die? You screwed me too many times, die. Uh, science and nature. Mike, what year followed 1 BC? Oh, for Pete's sake. Um, I mean, this is basically a question of was there a year zero? And I don't know. I genuinely don't know if there if it was zero AD or one AD. I'm going to say one AD. So the answer they have here is AD one, but I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know if there's any like logical reason why it would be put in that order, but I'm giving it to you. Okay. So you know, I was just thinking of something really funny though. You're, you remember we were like, eh, let's get to two per category and see if we want to continue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That but I will, I will grab sport. my pie piece here. That was your first in sports in uh, science and nature, right? That's right. I, I'm still get, laying a goose egg in entertainment. I have those, so, those are the two I have goose eggs in, so you're fine. Yeah, but in that spirit, I will go with entertainment to try and finish out one of my two little uh, playing pieces. As I pop open my pineapple orange shake India pale ale. Ooh, what brew is that from? I uh, I've had it I've had it on the podcast before. It's from Westbrook Brewing, which is out of Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Okay, not bad. Well, here's your entertainment question: Who portrayed Eleanor Roosevelt in Sunrise at Campobello? Oh, good grief. Never even heard of this person. Good luck. Oh, shoot. It's, uh, well, I mean, thanks for that hint because honestly, I was going to guess. Um, oh, sorry. Just because she's seen, no, it's okay. I, I don't know if I'm going to have anything better. I was going to guess Catherine Hepburn because she has that similar um, way of manner of carrying herself, I feel like, you know. Um, and if you said you never heard of her, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get there anyway. So, yeah, I'll just say Catherine Hepburn. Greer Garson. I actually have heard of Greer Garson. Never would have thought of her, but I have heard of Greer Garson. You know, Mike, I'm going to try and follow suit here. I'm going to go to science and nature. All right. Your science and nature question is, what does the camera shutter speed B stand for? I This beer is fantastic. It's not beer. Um, so this is like nah. shutter speed B. Uh, you know what? I've, I, I, I've, owned film cameras and digital cameras and I don't know the answer to this so I'm going to say it is the speed of a butterfly's wing yeah uh legit yes apparently the B stands for bulb okay I guess as in flash bulb I don't know no that actually kind of makes sense but yep all right I'll I'll take the L that's fine sticking with entertainment bring it on Mike what play has reached sorry what play has recorded more performances than any other in the British theater? My immediate inclination is to think it would be, be like a Shakespeare play. Uh, and I think that of Shakespeare's most famous plays, it's unlikely to be Hamlet because it's too long. It's unlike, I, I would say it's probably Romeo and Juliet. I will say Romeo and Juliet. Uh, that's actually the exact same place I would have gone. The correct answer is not a Shakespeare play. It's actually The Mousetrap. 
Oh, freaking Agatha Christie. I knew that. I have heard that before. I have too. Yep. It's an Agatha Christie play. That's exactly right. Oh, my goodness. I, I did know that. Okay. All right. I'm going to history. What South Vietnamese president was assassinated by his generals in 1963? I don't know his name. I don't know his name. Uh, Siam, S-I-A-M is my guess. I don't know his name. I've You're actually this. very close. Uh, his this. name, yeah, his name was was DM, uh, No Din DM. That's it. Yep. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I, I wouldn't have gotten there. So no, but you were you were very close. Sticking with entertainment, ride or die. Well, here's an easy one for you, Mike. Who is Archie Bunker's son-in-law? Can I just say Meathead? I'm gonna need his proper name. Oh, for Pete's sake. I have no idea what his proper name is. Uh, he's played by uh, Rob Reiner, I'm pretty sure. But I always think of his meathead, so I have no idea. It's Michael Stivic. Okay, we're definitely not gotten there. That's who I'm thinking of, though, right? Rob Reiner's character. I believe so. I am not a big all. I'm not a big all in the family fan. So I, I've never watched it, so I don't know. But I, I know it on reputation, and I know certain things. But yeah. So Mike, you have got. Two categories closed. I've got two categories closed. Do you want to say that just the next to close two more categories gets the win? Uh, sure, we can do that. I guess that's, that keeps me away from entertainment, though. We, we both have zero entertainment, so it's not a big loss there. So, so, so we, we, might, yeah, we might as well just admit that as much as we might know about entertainment in the post-1980 world, <laughs> we know nothing in the pre-1980 world. Unless it's the Rat Pack, I'm going to be out. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm cool with that. I mean, that, that really kind of limits what I can go with because I have two that I have zero in. But let's go to arts and literature. Whose autobiography is titled Where's the Rest of Me? Waldo? <laughs> Where is he? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Waldo was at least always in one piece when you found him in the books. Not in my version. So it's going to be, to me, it's going to be like a humorous of some sort. Uh, I'm going to say Samuel Clement. Oh, uh, decent guess. I just want to look up exactly when he wrote this. Um, okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, it was not, it was not, uh, you said Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain. Yes. Uh, it was not Mark Twain. It was in fact, somebody who wrote this book a full 15 years before he was elected president of the United States. It was Ronald Reagan. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, yeah. I thought this would be like Pretty a humor, humorous. I did too. But yeah, he, yeah. Cause I was, I was sitting here like, okay, this was obviously very, I mean, he would have been president when that card was written. And so I was like, clearly this was before, before then it was, it was, he wrote it in 1965 hmm. as a Hollywood actor, uh, probably just a few years shy of being governor of California at that point. I don't know. I didn't dive too deeply, but interesting. Huh? All right. So no entertainment. I got, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go geography. I don't know. I haven't, haven't done it in a while, but I got, I got one pretty early on. So here we go. What is the world's deepest land gorge? The world's deepest land gorge. I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I'm just going to say Death Valley. I don't know. 
Death Valley is a good guess. Um, you're in the right country. Oh. It's the Grand Canyon. Is it really? Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it okay. does. It does. I'm going to go to I'm going to go back to history. Let's try and close something out. Well, I think you might have a decent chance on this one. What pediatrician led the National Committee against the Vietnam War? I honestly don't know. I This sounds so familiar, but I don't know. Uh it's going to be a politically motive, politically minded person, but I I honestly have no idea. Uh, so who would have been politically active back then? Who's a name I would know? Fonda. I, I don't know. That's the closest to anti-Vietnam as I can get with a, a reasonably moderately popular name. There there could have been, there was probably a Fonda that was a pediatrician. Uh, when, when I think of famous pediatricians, especially in that era, there's only one name that pops into my head. May he live long and prosper. Although I'm pretty sure he's dead now. It's Dr. Benjamin Spock. Oh, okay. Never would have gotten there. I don't know why I know that name, but for whatever reason, I see pediatrician. I was like, oh, it's probably Dr. Spock. And yeah, totally different from Mr. Spock, obviously. My cheesy joke notwithstanding. (laughs) That was cheesy. Uh, Let's stick with geography. I've got a feeling. I've got a good feeling. Geography. What country shares a 1,030-mile border with Sweden? Talk about 50-50. Yep. I can never remember the order of those damn countries either. (laughs) I am going to say Norway. Norway's a correct answer. (laughs) Ha! With that, Mike, you move one question away from the win. I'm going back to history. Going back to history. Back to the future. Mike has like this really just really satisfied look on his face whenever he gets to put a piece of pie in. I, I <laughs> hey. I love it. I think it's awesome. This is a great question. I <laughs> I mean, good luck, but this is a great question. <laughs> How did Lee Harvey Oswald purchase his rifle? Like, uh, what? With money? Can I just say with money? Like, while while that would probably be a correct answer, that's not what they're looking for. So I would not be. You can say it, but I would not be able to accept it. Okay, so there's got to be some sort of a story here of some sort. So how did he... You did say purchase, right? I did say purchase, yes. Um, how did he purchase his rifle? How do you purchase a rifle? There wasn't a Walmart back then. Um, I wouldn't even know where to go to get a gun back in those days. Uh... And ironically, this was not at the Kennedy Museum in Dallas either. I'm going to say, just knowing what was somewhat prevalent back then, I'm going to say he purchased it from a catalog. Can you... (laughs) Fuck it, I'm going to give it to you. (laughs) The answer is is by mail order. Okay. Which is essentially what you're saying, so I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to take it. You are a benevolent overlord. Yep. 
Well, I was, I was like, I was going to say like, could you, <laughs> I couldn't figure out what to say. I was like, could you describe that in a different way? Like, I don't know what to say. Well, you said, like, okay, is it like Sears and Roebuck? Is it like Montgomery War? But yeah, it just said by mail order. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. That was, I mean, just, just the concept of like purchasing a gun by mail order is hilarious. <laughs> it's like just really, really like interesting in, in modern time. Oh man. I mean, I was gonna, I, I expected to turn the car o- card over and have it say, he walked into a store and said, yo, give me a gun. Like, I mean, what? I am assuming that you are going to go. Actually, I don't know what you're going to go with. You've got two that you have to close out. Do you want science and nature or sports and leisure? Well, first of all, we kind of fucked this up because we broke we broke away from the person getting a answer right gets to keep going <laughs> thing because I gave you the question right answer, guy, which is fine. It doesn't it doesn't even matter. Like we're we're having fun. It's all good. Rules here? What? No, there's no rules here. <laughs> Oh goodness! Just here for a good time. We're yeah, we're we're having fun. I hope everybody else is having fun too. Uh, I think I'm gonna go sports and leisure. All right, here we go, Mike. Your sports and leisure question: What was broken at Oxford, England, in, on May sixth, nineteen fifty four? So, uh, that is around this time. I'm pretty sure I am going to say the four minute mile because I know it was a Brit that broke it. And Mike, unfortunately, (sighs) your two game losing streak to me has come to an end. Mm. It was the four minute mile. Yes, (laughs) I knew I knew it was actually around that time. Okay, that's cool. Nicely done. I'll say this. I was because you could have chosen the other one. You would have had a good chance of getting it. But the science and nature question was what put the what puts the fizz in soda water? Carbon dioxide. Yep. You would have won it either way. Okay. (laughs) All right. But I do have a modest proposal. I think we need to keep reading each other entertainment questions. So one of us gets one fucking entertainment question. Okay, let's do it. So my entertainment question to you is what's the home of the Rockettes? Uh, Radio City Music Hall. And now we have gotten an entertainment question right. That just Doesn't that just make you feel so much better that at least one of us has gotten them? Here's gotten yours. All... This one's actually gettable. What actress was the top box office draw during World War II? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> if I remember correctly, she was known for her legs. Oh. Um... They might have been called Gams back then. I don't know. Yeah, was it uh, was it Betty Grable? It was Betty Grable. See, we got two in a yeah. row. Look at that. See, we were we were just waiting. We were just waiting for our time, man. Damn. Waiting for our time. <laughs> well, everyone, that's been another episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. We hope you enjoyed the show because honestly, Mike, I had that was a lot of fun for me. That was fun. I'm so I love I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just you know, I don't get to play Trivial Pursuit anymore. I love Trivial Pursuit. I do too. That was a lot of fun, and it actually ended up being a closer game than I would have thought because I have to dumb. It but- did. Uh, you can find the Pub Trivia Experience on Instagram or Facebook, Pub Trivia Experience, Twitter at Pub Trivia Pod, uh, PubTriviaExperience.com. If you want to be a part of the show, like feel free to reach out. The social medias are fine or PubTriviaExperience at gmail.com. If you're actually enjoying the show, leave us a five-star rating, write us a review wherever you listen to the show. That would be awesome. As Mike mentioned earlier, find our sister podcast, Boozy Bracketology. That is a 
March Madness style bracket, 64 seeds or 68, depending on the month, that we will complete beginning to end each and every month. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts, neither here nor there. For the Pub Trivia Experience, I have been Chris. I have been Mike, and also uh, we are hopefully at some point going to finish our Batman and Robin uh, commentary track. I don't know if I'll be able to procure another uh, uh, can of the Combat Spandex beer. I hope to, uh, but stay tuned for that as well, because that that should be a ton of fun. And like I said, I've been Mike. (laughs) And uh, Steven, my friend, get well soon. We will get you back for that Batman commentary track that we are looking forward to. Everyone, though, have a great and a safe week.